0: you're listening to audio from Journey Bible Church. Join us every week for sermons from God's Word by subscribing to this podcast wherever you like to listen most. If you would like to connect with us, head to journeybible.org connect. If you're a guest this morning, uh, my name is uh, Mike Bickley and I serve Jesus on staff here and as Ian said we want to help people find Jesus and then passionately follow Jesus. And once that happens that you find Jesus and have chosen to follow him we want to equip you so that you can serve others and that you can share uh the love of Jesus with our lost and broken world. Um I think I have some kids in the house today. Is that true? Students? If you're a student shout out. All right. I got something for you, all right? Um, since you're here this morning, rather than regular classrooms, um, if you take notes and email them to me, I, I will give you a gift card. It'll be here next week for you. So take notes on the message. Uh, write down your own applications. Uh, I'll take that from all students from birth, uh, through college okay if you're in postgraduate studies you don't need a gift card all right just telling you uh, that's that's the reality here so do not bring me your get your notes after the service because i lose them and then you're wondering where your gift card is and it's because pastor mike lost your notes so email them to me and i'll make sure that you get your gift card we're in a two-week series uh, about gratitude and um You know, last week we talked about the barriers to gratitude, some of the walls that we put up in our own hearts that get in the way of you and I living a grateful life. And we ended with three gratitude challenges. And uh, I've done two of them, and I'm I'm working on the third. And um, I can't tell you, I've I've got some hard things in my life, like you have hard things in your life. And, And really focusing on giving thanks is heart-changing. So today, we, we want to really kind of move beyond just the idea that the barriers exist that we erect or that the world erects against gratefulness. And we want to talk about what are the benefits of being grateful? Like, if you and I choose a grateful lifestyle, if we choose to cultivate gratefulness as a part of our character, a part of our walk, uh, by faith in this world, what would be some of the things that we can expect would happen? Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump in. God, I, I pray right now that you um, would show us the wisdom of the way you designed our minds, our hearts, and our bodies, and then, Lord, how that's coupled with the commands that you've given us in Scripture and the choices you ask us to make, may there be a connection made this morning so that we see that the life you call us to walk by faith toward is the life that's the healthiest for us. God, we pray that we would walk out of here with the determination not just to obey but to choose to cultivate a heart of gratefulness. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, the worst ever uh um accident on Lake Michigan uh was on September 7th, 1860, just a little before midnight. Um, A palatial sidewheel steamboat called the Lady Elgin had left Chicago, headed for Milwaukee. And there were about 400 passengers on board. And um, uh, of those 400, over 300 of them would lose their lives uh, on Lake Michigan in this accident. And uh, what happened is about 2.30 a.m. during poor visibility, the Lady Elgin encountered the Augusta, a schooner that was carrying lumber. Uh, and the, the lumber shifted in the sh- ship as, as they were riding the waves and the two boats collided. And within minutes, um, the Lady Elgin uh, moved from uh, uh, people just trying to ride out a rough storm to absolute pandemonium. Uh, The Augusta, the schooner, got very little damage and was able to keep sailing onto Chicago. But there was a large hole that was struck in the side uh, of the Lady Elgin. And within half an hour, the boat sunk to the bottom the top deck became, uh, got torn off in the waves and became a life raft for 40 people. Only three life rafts were able to be deployed uh, during the accident. Although the ship crashed three miles off the shore of Highland Park, um, the waves were so strong that the bodies and the debris and the survivors were swept down to the northern shore of Winnetka. And at the time, uh, the lakeshore in this area had just a very narrow strip of beach, and then 50 high, 50 feet high cliffs. Uh, immediately, a call went out, um, and Winnetka residents uh, w- rode on horses down to Northwestern University and Garrett Biblical Seminary to find young men who were strong swimmers who might be willing to brave uh, the disaster and see if they could find and bring in survivors. Uh, Very uh, strong breakers were crashing, and the undertow was keeping any of the people from being able to get into the shore. And so a man named Edward Spencer uh, was an incredible swimmer, and he volunteered. He tied, uh, with a number of other swimmers, a rope around his waist, and he would swim out through the breakers um, to uh, the survivors, and then either helping keep them afloat or tying the rope to the debris they were holding on to, Then the people on shore would bring him back. He did this 17 times in six hours, and uh, he saved 17 different individuals, and uh, he paid a huge cost for this a huge price for the sacrifice that he had made. The physical toil on his body during that event caused him to give up his studies at the seminary to not fulfill his dream of becoming a pastor. His body continued to deteriorate, and he spent most of his life in a wheelchair as the result of this act of bravery. When a reporter later asked him about that night, he told the reporter he had no regrets and that he felt like he had done Exactly what Jesus wanted him to do He was asked if anything stood about stood out to him about this life-changing event, and he said this Only this of the 17 people I saved Not one of them ever thanked me You know when I read that story I felt quite a bit of sorrow and then I realized I was a lot like those survivors. I received so much help, so much grace, so much mercy, so much love from my savior, and I so rarely thank him. And I so rarely thank others for the blessings and the help and the love that they give to me. I can't tell you how meaningful these last couple weeks have been to me personally as I've studied gratitude and thankfulness and what the scriptures teach about it and how I've been seeking daily to practice gratitude uh, in my own life in the midst of my own struggles and how I'm trying to shift from a self-centered attitude of ingratitude to a God-centered attitude of gratefulness. You know, as I studied gratitude scripturally, I found out what the Bible teaches, uh, and and there's these important things that God says happens when you and I uh, practice gratitude as a lifestyle. And kind of our main idea this morning is this, that there are tremendous benefits for you and I giving thanks. And when we do, when we give thanks, we live a healthier life, and we're more available to God. When we choose gratefulness as a lifestyle, we have these incredible benefits that happen in our mind, that happen in our heart, and actually things that happen physiologically within our body. We're healthier, but not just that. When we are grateful people, as we'll learn here in a few minutes, we actually are more available for God to use us in the midst of the broken world in which we find ourselves. So, to start us off, I, I want to remind us that giving thanks, being grateful, is something that's commanded. It's something that God expects from a follower of Jesus. Now, I want to I tell you something. Sometimes when we hear, oh, it's commanded, we go, all right, there's that heavy-handed God again. He's going to squash me, and he's going to tell me i got to do all these things. What a killjoy. That's not a grateful attitude, by the way. But I just want to I I help us maybe realize that since God designed us, and God knows us, that what he commands us is always for our good. It's always to help us. So giving thanks is something that God commands in Scripture, knowing that it will bring about the very best in our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances, in every situation, good and bad, tough, hard, That's which is a blessing, that which is comforting. No matter where it falls in the spectrum, from the very best to the very worst, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for you, there's several commands in this passage it's referring to here, but giving thanks is the one we're looking at. And he's saying it's God's will for you to give thanks in every circumstance. That's God's design for you. God's best for you is that you learn to respond to God by giving thanks in all circumstances. Romans eight twenty eight tells us that you and I can be sure that God is going to work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So therefore, knowing that God is going to make the best out of the worst, you and I can choose to give him thanks. Yesterday morning, I officiated a funeral for a young man um, who died. He was 30 years old. And it was an incredibly difficult death. And the family chose to walk with God and anchor their hearts in the hope of Christ and in the promises of Scripture. And after I shared the gospel um, and I shared the promises that God gives for those of us who are believers in Jesus, for what happens after we die, the Father stood to speak. And he shared and he gave thanks For the relationship he had had with his son, he gave thanks for the friends who were loving him well, and his wife, and his daughters, and his other son. And he gave thanks to God, and he expressed trust and gratitude that God was working all things for good. I can tell you, there wasn't a dry eye in the church after that father finished the service with gratefulness. But that father wasn't just fulfilling a command. He was making a choice. See, how you and I direct our lives is based on our own choices. We can listen to what God has to say about the best way to live, and we can choose to respond in obedience and faith Or we can stubbornly try to walk through life by our own power, by our own wisdom, by our own will. And so I want to remind you that you get to choose whether or not you respond to God's command to give thanks. One of my favorite stories uh, in the Bible, just about Thanksgiving, is the time that Jesus encountered um, ten lepers on a a road as he's traveling um, towards Jerusalem. So if you have your Bibles, you might turn to Luke 17 and follow along beginning in verse 11 with me. Otherwise, I'll put it on the screen and and we can read it together. But uh, it's just a, a beautiful picture of the heart choice to be grateful Verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Now, you and I read that, and a little bit of context is, is very helpful. Leprosy was considered you know a contagious and incurable disease, and so anybody who was identified with leprosy was to be quarantined as an outcast from society. And then they had to live outside the city. they had to live far away. And, and they were not allowed to have contact with anybody that was considered normal or someone who was considered healthy. And so they, they were very much extremely impoverished, extremely pushed out of society. And wherever they went, if they saw another person, they had to, they had to like cover their mouth and they had to yell, Unclean! To notify everyone else of the status of their disease. And so you'll notice it says, they stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, a leper, when when he had uh, a thought that his leprosy had stopped or that he was now clean, he had to go through a process where it started with the priest examining his leprous sores and sending him away and bringing him back. And it says that they aren't healed yet, but they're told to go show themselves to the priest. So they charge out to show themselves to the priest. And on the way they are healed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Now, so it's kind of hard to explain. The Samaritans were those that uh, had practiced idolatry and intermingled and intermarried. Um, and so they were no longer considered good Jews. They, the Samaritan was the outcast to the Jews. So in this village, these lepers are probably primarily Jews. And this was the outcast of the outcasts. This was the lowest. This was the worst. This was the person that should be pushed away the furthest. And he's the one who's the most grateful. Then Jesus answered, "Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? I hope you hear that with kind of a little bit of sarcasm towards the people he's talking to. And he said to him, rise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. The word translated made well there is translated saved in many other places. So the idea is made well, not in the sense of your leprosy, you've already been healed, but your faith has brought you forgiveness and a right relationship with God Almighty. What a beautiful story of gratefulness. Turning back and giving thanks. So, you know, when I read stories like this, I ask myself the question Am I one of the nine that plowed forward, or am I the one who turned back and gave thanks? You and I need to learn to be grateful. I would say that the natural sinful tendency of our human flesh is ingratitude. It's self-centeredness. But the spirit-filled life, if you read in Ephesians chapter 5 about being filled with the spirit, it speaks to this idea of gratitude, of gratefulness, of giving thanks, and how much that's an expression of the person whose life is dominated by the Holy Spirit. So I want to persuade you of something this morning. I want to persuade you that being grateful is good for you. Okay, it's good for me. It's good for everybody around you. Let's face it. How many of you just love being around an ungrateful person? I mean, how many of you like wake up and go, I hope that I can be the target of ingratitude today. I'd like to meet someone who's angry and bitter and resentful. Anybody like wake up in the morning going, that's my day. I'm so excited. We want to encounter grateful people. So let's become grateful people. Giving thanks can make you healthier in life. I'm gonna give you four benefits of practicing gratitude as a lifestyle. Now, there are numerous others. Uh, I did quite a a bit, of uh, kind of a research spread of a bunch of articles from uh, UCLA Medical Center, from the Mayo Clinic, and and I looked up uh, through their their references a number of other articles. And so I'm gonna give you uh, the research medically um, that demonstrates what the host of benefits are for living a grateful life Um, i'm not going to talk about how they have shown that um, if you live a grateful life it can lower chronic pain it can lower the risk of most diseases and it can boost your immune system so you got to go search that those out on your own but what i am going to give you is four other benefits Four benefits that I see regularly evidenced in our congregation and in my own life. And so I I want to encourage you, these benefits are yours by choice. Yes, God commanded you to be grateful, but these are yours by choice. So I'm going to give you four benefits medically substantiated through research that happen to people when they choose to live a life of gratitude the first one is less stress when you are a grateful person you have less stress see when you and I are stressed it triggers our nervous system to live in a fight-or-flight mode our hearts beat faster our muscles contract our adrenaline begins to pump and staying in a stress-filled mode for a long time wears down our body I can't tell you how many times when I've talked to family physicians, they will tell you the number one thing that's messing with people's health is stress. Now, when we respond to stress by being thankful, researchers say that physiological changes can be measured in the body. Our nervous system responds by lowering blood pressure, lowering heart rate, and lowering your breathing. Now, is it any surprise that God who designed our body, God who gave us our heart, God who gives us a new mind, would command us to practice gratitude in all circumstances, like especially when you're stressed? Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. I can't tell you how many times in discipleship we look at that verse and we talk about helping people learn to walk by faith. We talk about rooting them and grounding them in the truth. We talk about building them up in Jesus. We talk about establishing them. But one of the training things we've left out of our discipleship curriculums is the last one. Just as you were taught... Abounding in Thanksgiving. How many of you have ever had a whole discipleship series training you on how to abound in Thanksgiving? It's one of the things that's constantly spoken of, but rarely trained or practiced. And so Paul's saying that part of the Christian training for the person who's renewing their mind was to shift their heart attitude from ingratitude and, and my needs to an idea of thanking God for everything. So first, less stress. Second, less anxiety. Giving thanks can make you less anxious, Anxiety leads us into a fear situations and It follows with worry, and we begin to play out the bad things that have happened in the past, or we begin to look at our current circumstances, and we project the worst things that can happen in the future. Anxiety is when you and I begin to run the negative script through our head with all of the worst things that can happen. I call this the worst-case scenario thinking. We we may be at a one right now, but we jump to a ten. We just start getting anxious, and so the one becomes a two, and then we say, no, it's going to go to a three. I'm sure it's going to a five. I'll bet my life it goes to a seven. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a 10. And by then we are so anxious. And many of the same physiological things that go with stress come with anxiety. Is it any, is it any, I mean, should we be surprised that throughout scripture God Ties as an antidote to the idea of dealing with anxiety, uh, of giving our anxiety to him through prayer and doing it with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul seems to be saying here that when you pray about everything and you give those requests, you make those prayers, you uh, intercede with God, he seems to be saying that each request, each thing that you do should be accompanied with thanksgiving. Not just asking for what you need, but giving thanks for who's in control. Giving thanks for allowing the situation. Giving thanks for what he's going to do in it giving thanks for how he's developing you, giving thanks for how this has caused you to turn towards him in a deeper and more profound way. The antidote to anxiety is not just prayer. It's prayer with thanksgiving. So when you and I are grateful, we lower our stress, we dissipate our anxiety... And researchers tell us that we're actually able to change depression now I'm not a psychologist I'm not a uh, uh, what's the psychiatrist so I'm not an expert here and I'm just gonna give you the research I'm not saying that if you get do 15 minutes of gratitude today and you're in a deep dark depression all of a sudden it's gonna go away so don't hear me saying that over a long term learning of putting the practice of gratitude into your life, researchers have shown that it lowers depression. 70 different studies that engaged over 26,000 people. The article was published by the University of New England in Australia, and they showed there was a direct connection between gratitude and the lowering of depression. They found that people with a grateful mindset reported higher satisfaction with life, strong social relationships, and more self-esteem. And it was no surprise that people that did not have a grateful lifestyle were more depressed, more unhappy, more despondent. And so they showed a a connection. And they said, a lot more study (laughs) needs to be done. And I could have just said, yeah, and read your Bible, because it tells us that. You know, what you will find oftentimes in the Psalms is the psalmist um, wrestling with the struggles of life, the crushing uh, problems of life, the the people um, that they're at odds with in life. Um, all kinds of circumstances and you'll find things like Lord I call on you my rock do not be deaf to me lest if you be silent to me I become like those who go down to the pit I become like the one who descends into the darkness the the person who feels like there's no way out despairs of life itself and then you'll find a few verse later, blessed be the Lord for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. Choosing to be grateful in the midst of the difficult things changing the direction of the mind, changing the direction of the heart away from just the difficult circumstances and the feelings you have that maybe God's not listening to doing something in faith that's commanded, choosing to be grateful. So we have less stress, less anxiety, less depression. And then again, I'm not a medical doctor, so I this is I, I am going to prescribe, be grateful, all right, as a pastor, and I'm not promising you that that after 15 minutes of gratitude, all of your physical woes are going away, okay? But what I am saying, the researchers came out and they said 15 minutes of practicing gratitude a day had significant Um, significant physiological impact in as little as six weeks in the changes they began to see in people's bodies. And you're like, man, 15 whole minutes a day? Well, no, go ahead, be stressful. (laughs) Stay anxious. Stay in your depression. Here's one that, you know, I didn't think this, but makes a lot of sense. Giving thanks gives you better sleep. I'm sure many of you have awakened in the night with anxious thoughts, stressful thoughts, maybe even woken up playing out those scenarios in your head, the worst-case scenarios. And so researchers, as they looked at this, they, they said that when... When people practiced that 15 minutes of gratitude a day, and people especially that were struggling uh, with sleep practiced that before bedtime, practiced being grateful before they went to sleep, practicing being grateful as they were going to sleep, focusing on giving thanks for all the good things that are being done. And we would add very deep spiritual realities Of giving thanks to God, they found that they rested better. Now, You and I know this. We know this from the scriptures. Like the scriptures tell us that when you and I are trying to make things happen in our world, and we're trying to get into control, and we work a little harder, and we work a little longer, and we try to do more and more and more and more, trying to push our agenda into the circumstances of our lives so that we can try to make things happen, we just get more stressed, more anxious, more troubled. Oftentimes, we make our situations worse. And it's really beautiful. In Psalm 127, it says this, It's vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. It's important that you understand what he's saying is, really, of you trying to be in charge of your own life. Because he says he gives to his beloved sleep. The person who's willing to lay down their head at night grateful to God that he's in charge. Grateful to God that he's got whatever you're facing. Grateful to God that he's sovereign. Grateful to God that he's all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, always faithful. Gratefulness brings sleep. And so I'm a guy who's a super light sleeper. All right, so I am just so preaching to myself right now. I don't care if you're listening. Gratefulness does amazing things in our bodies, lowers our stress, lowers our anxiety, lowers our depression, gives us better sleep. I want to shift gears just a little bit. I want you to know that, that not only is it commanded in a choice and not only does it have benefits, but when you and I practice a grateful lifestyle, we are actually more available to God. We are actually more available to God. We're more at His disposal. Now, you, this, this may seem obvious to you, but let me tell you what I mean by this. I said, when we are ungrateful... When we're focused on the negative things, when we're focused on everything that's wrong, when we're focused on everything that's missing, when we're focused on everything that's undesirable in our lives, it often leads us into a place of darkness where we're resentful for our lives, we're bitter about the people and the relationships, and we become even more selfish. And our world actually begins to revolve more and more and more around us and trying to get it fixed so that we feel better. And it's revolving less and less around others and around God. And so when you and I choose to be grateful, we're actually more available to God because we're less focused on self. When we give thanks to God, we're we're moving away from selfishness. When we practice gratitude, we're turning from self and we're turning to God. We're being like Jesus. So I want to share something with you here. In Philippians 2, it's that great passage about humbling ourselves and taking on the attitude of Christ. Doing nothing from selfish ambition, self-centered focus... And conceit, wanting my way of life or the highway. And in humility, counting others more significant than yourselves. Now, Jesus is the one who set the model for us. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, which Christ himself had. And then he goes on and talks about all the things that Jesus did for us, putting our interest above one another. Now, um, I told you I struggle sleeping even when practicing gratefulness. And I, I was up really early this morning, and I got a text at, at 4.30 from uh, one of our partners who is training Iranian believers. And, um, and he sent me this, this text, and um, they had just finished studying Philippians 2. And I want to tell you how Iranian believers read this passage. And this is what he said. He said, one of our leaders was sharing that they were going to go into the streets, this was after the Philippians 2 study, in Iran to evangelize. One of the believers discouraged them because it was dangerous, but they went anyways, encouraged that God wanted them to take the risk because they had studied Philippians 2 and realized that's what Jesus was doing. And it was encouraging them to do. Not listen to fear, but to consider others above their own lives. That Jesus sacrificed his life for them, and they can go sacrifice their life for others. They're taking this literally. We were all super strengthened in our faith by this young couple who would love their lives not unto death. It is also amazing how the Word of God confirms what the Spirit is doing in their lives. Come on, King Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? that they were so grateful for what God had done for them that they were willing to lose their life that one other person might find Jesus. So not only do we become less self-centered, When you and I are practicing a grateful lifestyle, we actually become more God-centered. It's almost impossible when you're turning away from your misery and turning to a great and powerful God, it's almost impossible for you to stay back there in your misery. When you are practicing gratitude, it's a beautiful thing when you turn your attention to God. Colossians 3.17, by the way, 3.12 through 17 is a great passage about relationships and the practice of the art of a Jesus style of relating to others. It's You should study this passage. And at the end, he says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Make sure that your heart is such that when, when you're engaging with anybody and everybody, you're doing it in the name of Jesus. You're You're okay as being identified as a Jesus follower in the way you're behaving because you're doing it for him and in his power and for his glory. And he says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do in word or deed, give thanks. Be a person who's grateful for the opportunity to help others. So... Last week, I gave you three gratitude challenges. This week, I want to give you two gratitude challenges. So here they are. Number one, I want to encourage you. If you're one of those persons that struggles with gratitude, one of the things that really helped me this week, um, and and I'm giving it to you as an idea, is I would play worship music, and I would sing along with the songs silently because there were other people within earshot. Okay. And when they weren't, I was singing out loud, and I didn't care. It was okay. And I was personalizing the lyrics to my life. And I, and I was listening to what the songs were saying and how they were directed towards God and how God was being made big and I was being made like I am, small compared to him. And I was giving him my circumstances, giving him my frustrations, giving him my troubles. And, and I was thanking him for them. And I was thanking him for his power. I was thanking him for his attention. I was thanking for him for what he's doing in my life right now. I was thanking him for gratitude. You can cry out with your burdens, but like the psalmist, turn to hope, turn to thanks, turn to praise, worship, him. He's in control. It may not feel like it, but He is. And I can tell you, taking control from God never works out. Second challenge, redirect your thoughts. I talked about flipping the script last week, had those negative thoughts, writing a new script. And so when you're overwhelmed, I thought, okay, writing a new script, some of you probably did that. Others of you probably got frustrated. Like, you you didn't know how to do that so i want to give you uh, an idea write down psalms 120 through i think psalm 134 those are the psalms of ascent they were the psalms that the israelites as they made their pilgrimage to jerusalem to worship in, in, in the di- different feasts they they would they would sing these song, psalms and many of them speak of the incredible brokenness of the world in which we live but they also end with giving thanks and setting your heart towards hope and and trusting god and looking to his promises and so maybe that's what you need to do is you need to get those psalms out if you don't know where to start you may already have some psalms that you know you should be reading that will help you give thanks and turn from self-centered to god-centered and turn from ingratitude to gratitude and read them out loud and personalize them and, and put your situation, put your feelings in there. If you identify with those or you want to add to them, that's what the Psalms are for. They're a worship manual to let your heart turn to God in the midst of the brokenness of the world in which we live. Let's be the one that turned back with a grateful heart. Let's let our Savior who's rescued us from the ocean of despair in this world and its brokenness. Let's turn back and be a people whose lifestyle practices gratitude. Let me pray for us. God, we just acknowledge that um in our fallenness, ingratitude is easy and in your fullness, gratitude in your strength is possible. Lord, we want to be a grateful people. We want the benefits of gratefulness, Lord. But most of all, we want the closeness with you that comes when we choose to take you at your word and walk by faith, by giving thanks in any and all circumstances. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This podcast was produced by Journey Bible Church in Olathe, Kansas. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit journeybible.org. Thanks for listening.